Casino in the sports book on Thursday morning, and you start filling out teams. You start really right now, like a month before, right after uh, the Super Bowl. Now, I have an MBA securities licenses, clients, and that worth $50 million. So, every single uh, podcast and every single wager is a process, the same way you pick a security, uh, same way you make a decision, decision science, same way you choose an investment. It's the same way you bet a college basketball game or a NFL football game. It's the same process and you have to have rules. You have to have a code. In the episode notes are the top 10 rules of betting and really for the NCAA tournament, that's where it really started with me. The NCAA tournament, where I had an epic run in 2011, uh, paid for a lot of bills, a lot of vacations, a lot of things that run in subsequently 25 years of, of narrowing it down to the sports betting processes and rules and code, right? That makes money consistently all right so uh we get lied to a lot right we don't believe in uh, the easter bunny or santa claus so polls rankings all of that stuff are lies none of them are real and i'll get into detail a little bit but feel before we start getting into college basketball feel good <laughs> <laughs> Feel good. I'm, I'm. I've got my my prop bet slips and, and my betting slips right in front of me. Tomorrow I'm going into the cash in. It it just feels it feels good to end on a good note. Right. It does. It really does. It, it gives you a springboard into the NCAA tournament, which we're going to talk about today. NBA playoffs, Kentucky Derby, Belmont, you know all that stuff. So right. it, it just it just reemphasizes in my mind what we're doing is a hundred percent the right way to do it right that's all and it's it, it's it's a great feeling so i'm, I'm happy I, I am i am happy not satisfied but i'm happy so happy five and one 80 percent that's it as good um as you can do absolutely absolutely so one point that i'd like to start off with that you made last night is one of the main points i have <sighs> even for nfl but even much more in college. Now, in 2011, okay, mm -hmm. I made $100,000 walking into Vegas. 
you saw the text for the guy I went with last night. Yeah. Uh, been in games. In, in that, you know, because I was confident. I was. I did a lot of research. I had a lot of really good information from people actually literally playing in the games, coaching in the games. They gave me a lot of good information that I knew I was going to monetize well. We were very well prepared. So yeah. what we did was, because we knew there was going to be a long line, what we did was Wednesday night, we got there. Actually, we got there Wednesday during the day because there were some NIT games. Remember, the money is just as green. There'll be a later podcast. But the money is just as green in an NIT game than an NCAA game. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No you know, so we bet them in IT Wednesday, and then we put all the picks up until maybe the last session. We put all the picks. We, you know, we had 500 bucks a game. We put 500 bucks on each because it's uh, 16 games per session. So we did 16, 16, and 16, and we left the last session, right? So because yep. we wanted to learn, maybe we're wrong walk in there in the morning to watch the games and then you we went to the win and you saw the people in front man there was a crowd and you had the people in the front with these big couches and you asked the ladies the work there how you know what's up with these couches oh yeah they paid two thousand dollars just to sit in the couch and watch the games holy moly not even betting these guys are betting 10 grand a game and wow. my buddy victor you saw the text from last night i <laughs> did Elbows in me in the, in the chest and says, we'll be sitting there tonight after these guys blow their money. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But I noticed these guys, it, it seemed like they dro- drove a truck or something. Yeah. They would come in and they would look at, you know, they were looking at their phone. They were, they were calling their buddies and they were just then as they walked in that Thursday morning, figuring out their picks and getting in line. And sometimes they couldn't pick some games because some games started while they were in line. Yeah. yeah so like so- to your point last night, you cannot roll into Vegas on Thursday morning without <laughs> just doing bet. any research and just yeah. start picking games. Agreed. Totally agree. It, it, the, the thing that gets me is, is a lot of people will say, uh, North Carolina won the ACC tournament. Right, right. They're just going to sweep through the the NSA tournament, and win it. It's not the case. It's not no. the case. No. You got matchups. You got injuries. You got transfers. And now right. you got a lot of factors in the picking games. So if you just go in and you say North Carolina's favored by ten points, give me North Carolina. Right. And you don't do your research. And you don't know North Carolina is playing, say Iowa State. Oh, right, say right. Iowa State, who's pretty good this year. Right. Um, you don't know what Iowa State has. Maybe Iowa State has something that gives North Carolina problems. But, or, but or, you the just coach, go, or, or the head coach at right. Iowa State uh, was an assistant with the head coach of North Carolina. Yep. And he yep. stole his wife from him. Yep. So when he saw North Carolina on the board, he, he didn't sleep. And all he did was game plan to get revenge on that guy. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or, or you saw Iowa State, and Iowa State has this uh, point guard 
who's dynamite, who's Michael Ray Rich, yep. is going to be in the NFL. But then you do in the NBA, then you do some research that, that he was a drug dealer and that he killed the guy when he was 17. Right. right. But they gave him juvie, so he's out in a year. And, and he, he got arrested a couple times in college. Right. If that guy's susceptible to a, a gangster to, to, to make an assist at the wrong point. Exactly. Exactly. And and that you don't know. You have to do your research. Exactly. Right? So you're and not that doesn't mean you're gonna not gonna bet Iowa State, but you're protecting your emotions. If he does some funny plays during the game, you're like, okay, I know what this yep. kid's doing. And, and my guarantee is that people will go into the win, right? Watch conference tournaments, see see. I'm just using North Carolina, for example. Right. I'm not saying right. they're gonna do it, but North right. Carolina right. wins every game by 25. Right. And then they go to the NSA tournament and everybody's sitting there going, oh, North Carolina's going to win. North, give me North Carolina and win the whole thing. Right. doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Ever. Ever. So. Yeah, no. So you have to, you have to do your research. You can't just roll yep. up, right? And that rolls up into, we're going to go, it's going to be a three-part series. We're going to do yep. it every Monday. And we're going to go from broad to narrow. Yep. Really, that's where the, the brain works. And we're just coming off the Super Bowl. And that's been an adjustment that I've made over the last uh, 10 years because your brain can only handle so much information. <laughs> well, most Scott and I have regular jobs you got to do. I've already been doing it all day. Uh, There's a break for me that we have to attend to. We have families, you know. So you kind of have to break it up. But, but it's a good it's a good welcome break to be honest with you because yeah. we for the last 21 weeks we've been in the pressure cooker of nfl right and now to just talk about tournament and betting analysis of, of how you do it is is kind of a little bit of a release oh yeah what we've been going through so yeah oh, yeah no big time uh so a little different i have i'll have it all in the episode notes i'll have links to the top 10 rules of betting that i've been adding on to uh, Chad and Scott will be adding on, and Jim will be adding on, Jason yep. will be adding on as we move along uh, this document. But uh, I woke up, I have to look at the stock market, I have to look at trends, I have to see what's going on with my client's money. I have a client that worth 50 million. And when I took tests, right, so the test for the Series 7 has a 60% failure rate. I barely passed it, but I did pass it on, on the first try. So studying for it, what happened was that I noticed the, the similarities between sports betting and stock market, right? So yep. the terms I'm giving you now are terms that are actionable, that I've consistently made money with, including, right, last night. In the Super Bowl, all right. Uh, so I'll go through this, and I'll let me. Scott uh, balances me out. He makes sure that I'm making sense, and he brings his experience because Scott coached high school basketball for thirty years. <laughs> she knows a thing or two about basketball. Unless he was winning and knowing what he did, he wouldn't have lasted that long, right? He wouldn't have lasted one year. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. 
I would not have. My players made me look so good as a coach. But no, you, you're right. You're, coaches don't last a long time now if they don't if they don't win. So right, yeah. So six pillars of sports betting college basketball to, attaches to the stock market. The first one is arbitrage. You pick ten or more stocks in an industry to take advantage of market inefficiencies. Since coach has been doing it for thirty years. You can watch, you can notice when something's off. Something's off with the line, and we'll get to that in a second. Something's yeah. off with the line. And when you start, I'll watch CNBC, right? I'll watch Bloomberg. Bloomberg's doing a better job than CNBC right now. Uh, and the reason Bloomberg's doing a better job is because they focus more on fundamental analysis. There's right. a big war between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Technical analysis is just good enough that's why people sell it a, a lot. But people have gotten rich with fun, fundamental analysis, and we hate a high elite percentage because of uh, fundamental analysis. And we'll get into that. But first, it's arbitrage. You got to pick 10 or more stocks in an industry to take advantage of market inefficiencies. We bet 10 or more college basketball games because yep. we've been watching college basketball, playing basketball at a high level. Uh, for Scott and I combined 60 years. What are your thoughts on, on, that, on that first process we're looking at arbitrage? Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people will just go up to the window or go wherever, any sport. Right. Pick one game. That's it. Right. Put all their money on one game. The Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay, for example. Well, we'll take, or we'll take the NFC AFC Championship Day. Yeah. They'll go up to the window and say, give me Kansas City for a thousand. Why wouldn't you want to bet a little bit? You have a thousand dollars, put a hundred on 10 games. If you win eight out of those, well, 10, what do we do with the championship? We'll say, okay, uh, you got a thousand dollars to work with, put a hundred yep. on the side, right? hundred on the total. And keep a hundred for the second half line. Go on Twitter, see who we picked on the second half line. Yeah, right? yeah, right. So, and then you, right. and with the money you won off that three hundred, because exactly. now you have twelve hundred bucks. You exactly. go back up there. What do you do? You go to the same cashier. Yep. This whole process, same thing with the NCAA tournament. You go to the same cashier, and the first thing you do when she said, "Okay, what do you got bet?" No, you say, "Excuse me, here's fifty bucks." Exactly. You t- always said the cash. We said that time and time. Boom. And then, so, and then you bet the side of the total on the other game. Exactly. Exactly. So you, That's so you, right there. you don't want to restrict yourself to just one game. You want to, with the NSA tournament, is eight games on Thursday, eight games on Friday. Is it, no, 16 and 16. It's 16 and 16. Right. 16 restrict- day, 16 second day, in the third day. It'll be eight, like each session. Eight and eight, yeah. yeah. So, so my my opinion is, you pick UCLA, right. game one, but then you look up on the board, you you spend all your money on UCLA, side, to, uh, total, everything, whatever, or second half line, um, and then you look up on the board and you say, boy, you know, I really like Kentucky against this team, right? But I don't have any money to to bet it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do that. Cut dumb. Yes, you cut your your UCLA uh, game uh, money in, right. and you go to Kentucky. 
Right. You go to here, you go there. So you, you research about eight of the games, you get really good at it. You know, 10's a good, ten's a good number, but if you can only do eight, you do eight. In between eight and 10, somewhere in that area. And you just bet, if you have a hundred bucks, you bet 10 on the side, 10 on the total, and then save money for the second half line. Then you bet another game, you bet another game. These points, well, what I did, what I did, well, I got a bigger bankroll, but what I did is, I, yeah, I'm just using that for an example. If you go to Vegas for the NCAA tournament, you'll see, uh, we'll bet, let's say you got 50 bucks, uh, to bet a game, yep, and, and I got 250. We can, on the games we agree on, we'll put 300 on it because exactly more money back. Games we disagree on, and you can put your 50, I'll put my 250 in. Yep. We got drink tickets. Exactly. Exactly. We're not buying alcohol. We got now. We got drink tickets. Yep. We put two fifty on every game, right? We right. break even. We're actually ahead because we we enjoyed the games and we got free alcohol. So right. Food. <laughs> right. Because the, the worst, the worst thing in the world that I know of is that you put all your money on that one game right. and you look up and you say you really love Kentucky. And Kentucky comes through on your on your feeling, right? You could have won money on that. Now you're out because you didn't have the money to bet on it. And so, you see, they got blown out. The, exactly. And you, you see, you, you know that four players got COVID. Yep. And, and the rest the coach is, leave, is leaving for USC or whatever. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so exactly. So it, before we leave arbitrage, arbitrage since it's terms that make you money. Vegas and the people, ESPN, put out the wrong definition. They're saying arbitrage is playing one book against the next, and blah, that's not arbitrage. Arbitrage, that's what we're saying, and again, one of the pillars, right? As simple as it is, one of the pillars is common sense. And common sense is yep. our mothers told us when we were kids, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's just common sense. Exactly. You know, I see everything. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to, to the encore in Boston right. and bet all my money on if I like two or three, I'm not yeah. gonna bet all my money on one and say, you know what, I hope it cashes, I hope it comes in because then I can put my money, that money on this game. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna right. split it evenly three different ways and, and bet three different games, side tolls, as as we do all the time. Yeah, I'll add it to the outline we have, but uh, probability theory and decision science. So probability theory gets to the heart of what we're talking about. There is no such thing. We'll say this again, and I don't think we can say it enough because people don't get it. There is no such thing. It doesn't exist. It's like Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. There's no such thing as a lock. The no, highest level, that's why you can't do what we just said, because the highest level of probability is 80%. The worst thing, if you, if you're listening out there and you right. put money toward action sports, put money toward any of these services, right. and the, the first thing they'll tell you is this is a five-style lock. Right. It's going right. to come in. <laughs> Not all the time does it come in. And then, oh, they, and then when you question them on it they say well you know this happened this happened no it's as josh said it's not a lock things happen look look at look at the tennessee the other day. barnes has lost me money and 
there's no such thing also as a bad beat. You yeah. have to do your research. Barnes, as much money as he makes, he's making over $7 million a year now. He's got Tennessee supposedly rolling. Uh, That's what everybody's saying. In game coach, he's lost me almost a million dollars. He did it the other night. He hasn't learned. The other night, his guard is going straight towards the basket. Last night, it was a smart move, right? Where the guy was going for a touchdown and he stopped short because he knows the Eagles were going to tackle because the Eagles wanted the ball back. Yep. Uh, he was going straight to the basket and they have a three point lead and his one on one in the bonus. And the kid, instead of going in and dunking the ball, so they have a five-point lead, two possessions with six seconds left, the kid dribbles past the basket. He gets fouled with four seconds left. Misses the free throws. Exactly. Boom, go the other way. Bang, then he hit the three. Is that a bad beat? No. You got to learn that Barnes is a horrible in-game coach. Well, you told, us, you told the story years ago, Barnes, out of bounds play. Cost you, exactly. cost you a win. It, that's the way he cost me a million dollars. He had a ridiculous parlay. Hey, had, had the, it, Rick, he came out of there with a hundred grand. Had Rick Bonds been Doc Rivers, <laughs> they would have had a good inbounds play to win the games. <laughs> oh, not lose it. At that so. point, Victor didn't know what's going on. He just, Josh, did you hedge it? Yeah. And he elbows me again. He's like, let's get out of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here right now. Uh, so that's probability theory as it links to sports betting. The other one is decision science. And let me know what you think about this because this is how you make decisions. Yep. Decision science, you identify the problem. You research both teams, right? You define the problem. So you go to Ken Palm. Don't use Ken Palm's statistical analysis models or whatever. That's technical analysis to, to make the decision for you. Right, you define the problem. Oh, this team sucks at offensive rebound, and we'll get next podcast. We'll get more details as to what exactly you're looking at. Yeah, makes teams good in the NCAA tournament. That's different than makes good preseason teams, pre-conference teams. Different than makes good conference regular teams. Different than makes good conference tournament teams. And then NCAA, the NCAA, you go teams that are getting out of the first weekend. Teams that just want to win the first game. Alamany State. Alamany State just wants to win the first game. They they know they don't have talent to go deep in the tournament, right? Uh, so right. wants to get out of the first weekend. So and so wants to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. So and so wants to be Final Four. Blah blah blah. On and on. So you define exactly. the problem, right? Yeah. Then you use math, right? Uh, how much do do they have scores? Do they have shooters? Is the you know is, is the coach a good defensive coach, but a bad offensive coach? You use math, right? Then logic, and then game theory, right? Game theory is uh, prisoner's dilemma, right? The prisoner who keeps his mouth shut are the ones who get off. The ones that run their mouth and snitch and this and that because nobody likes a snitch. No, nope. the people who are getting the information don't like him, and the people getting snitched on don't like a snitch. Right, right, right. Game game theory. What are the coaches saying before the game? Is there a player mouthing off? Is 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 the point guard who has the ball in his hands a very good student who came from a nice private school, yeah. played in the hood to get experience, and he's a good guy? And you see his mom 
in the in the stands or was the point guard in the foster care and it's not a racial thing because remember that white kid who was throwing games <laughs> who was first at boston college and then he went to fresno state with Tarkinia. he was yep. a white kid and he was a gangster he was throwing games remember that kid i think he was at florida went florida whatever yeah it happened up 30, in harvard 30 too. yeah it happened in harvard too right. where right. kids were throwing games and stuff and, and bc <laughs> was was uh question on that too so yeah it, it happens so that's why you have to make it and you know and we'll get into that you got to do it with your own eyes you got to think with your eyes and then yeah. rigorously apply logic until the end Where so so you talked about press conferences and and coaches it's very telling when in the NCAA tournament the kids are, the kids are in the press conference and the coaches are in the press conference right. and when they ask the kids hey what do you think of um albany state well, we we have we don't know anything about it. We're not game planning for that. We have no idea. It's a bad job by the coach because the coach <laughs> should always have the kids prepared. This right. is the leading right. scorer. This is right. the coach. This is how many years he's been here. This right. is what he runs. Stuff right. like that, which which I did all the time when I when I coached high school. Is is I got my kids ready. So. You have to watch those, and everybody, people will say, oh, you don't have to watch press conferences. Yes, you do have to watch them. I do it all the time in the NFL. I do it all the time, two days before the NSA tournament, when they get to the site. And the other thing is, do they have travel trouble getting to the site right. for the first game? Right. They have travel trouble. They're going to be tired. They're not going to be prepared. It's going to be a tough game. Right. Or it's it, or they're going to lose. The team's going to lose. But I agree with you 100%. Some of these schools are just in it to win one game. Some of these schools are in it to go to the Final Four. Some of these schools are in it to win it. And you can you can fester them out right away. So Right. In value, is lot, it's a big lie. So we're going to talk about a couple of big lies, right, Scott? Yep. It, it, you, you know about, right? First one is when you use math, you're using marginal utility. Which means there's no such thing as an upset at right. this level during the NCAA. It doesn't. It's a fallacy, right? And you exactly. just touched upon a very important point: what value really is, which is psychological factors. You can barely see it, but I'll put it in the episode notes. Yeah, I can see it. Logical factors, right? Yeah. Uh, plus functional factors, divided over what time and money. Yep. So yep. you just hit on the time. Did the team fly in on a charter or were they on a bus where they don't have any legs because they were just on a bus for 24 hours? Because that would make you right. say it has no money. <laughs> right. 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 Know, time and money because, because Allegheny State has no money. It yep. took them 24 hours to get to the game while North Carolina was got there in an hour on a jet. Right. Logical and, factors is the coach cheating on the other, his wife left them, and now the other coach, he's going to see her on the other side. He's he's going to game plan to beat these guys. Exactly. exactly. What you can do as a coach, I remember Bill Teal. Bill Teal, um, if you remember him, he was on the 40 Minutes of Hell. <laughs> this is how old I am. Uh, when he graduated, he went to Arkansas and was 40 Minutes of Hell with uh, Nolan Richardson. Won a national title. And I think he might have played for the Boston Celtics with Bobby uh, Barry Brown and Barry Brown played high school with, who played on the Celtics. And then you have uh, Bill Teal. I think he had a cup of water with the Celtics. I guarded Bill Teal. I'm five seven. I did not get any kind of scholarship. I got an academic scholarship. 
I had nobody looking at me, but I stopped uh, Bill Teal one time, only scored six points, and I came off the bench because I was fundamentally sound in a yep. one game situation. Next game, he lit me up for like 40 points. <laughs> right. But that first game, he was arrogant. He's like, oh, look at this five, six guy trying to guard me. Right. Because I was the best yeah. defensive player. <laughs> Of the, of the team because that's the only way I got on the court was playing defense and running the plays and I was uh, banned from shooting <laughs> I was like the short Puerto Rican guy on the Cal Perry team who was banned from taking shots I'll give you I'll give you this when I, when I every year I coach for 30 years yeah. and every time I, I coach a summer tournament right. uh, one of my starting five and one of my roster spots were defensive kids only right and, and, you know, parents and everybody said, well, why are you taking it just a defense kid who can't score? Because they're valuable when it comes time when you need Stop them in the last two minutes of the game. Right. Sure enough, those kids came through more times than not. Those kids want to play for a coach that puts them on the team because they can't score, but they can play defense. Right. So you have to, as one of the top ten rules of research, what is the coach's philosophy? why are they carrying kids why are they start kids you right. know stuff like that so it's very important and it needs to start now it can't start march 1st no. too late too to late. make to be successful in the NCAA and and Josh and Chad are awesome at Pac-12 basketball betting awesome they they, they it's have football been. season I do it because I learned I learned from my mistakes yeah. Yeah, watch the Big Ten, the ACC, da da da, and football at the same time. Right, thousand dollars a game on football is not smart. But I on Thursday night, taking a break from work, taking a break from football, I'll watch Pac-12 basketball. The yep. people who Big West is coming in too because their kids at the grocery store. Oh, you 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 play for Irvine? How you how's coach doing? How are you doing? Da da da. You get a lot of information research. And, the and I, go to. I can go to an Irvine game. They're in the Big West for ten dollars. And I'll give you another tip for on this podcast for people that are just tuning in. Chad right. is phenomenal at the little schools. Oh yeah, he knows the little schools. He loves. He loves the Horizon League. He loves yep. um, the uh, the MAC, and he loves the uh, what's the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley. He yep. went to Missouri Southern State back then in the day. He knew the players and stuff. Yep. Yep. So we'll close with this. Two things, right? We'll close with two things, right? We got sure. five minutes left. We'll get you sure. out of here. Okay. Uh, common sense, right? Bracketology, polls, lines as well. They're all bullshit. They're all out of whack. Certainly, yeah. Like the what you were describing about Kentucky and this and that. There, all those lines are out of whack, especially for the NCAA tournament. It's not market driven for me. Sort of market, there's still shady stuff. I still think the sports betting market is less. Uh, that's the timer I have to, so I make sure I get Scott out on time. <laughs> but, um, there you go. Uh, those are way off, right? So, you have to make your own lines, you have to make your own polls, and we'll have them in the episode notes. I'll, I'll uh, message everybody by the end of the day, we'll have the top 10. The top 15 teams for sports betting. So those are all off. Bracketology is way off. You'll notice on Selection Sunday, teams they had in as a fourth seed didn't even get in the tournament. So now you clutter your mind as busy as you are with a team that's supposed to be a fourth seed that's in the NIT now. 
So don't you, mess with that at all. Make up your own line, right? You have that book back there? John yeah. Calipari? Yes. That's the last time I looked at an NCAA poll, 1995. <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah. I don't look at them. Not worth it. Not worth my time. Al. You know how I know Alabama's number one in the country in the polls? Because I heard it on the radio on the way home that Alabama right. passed Purdue. The, the only way I heard it is, is because I tried to find out what games were on, and they had it on the front page. Oh, Alabama's yep. number one. Number one. Yep. And that's how I know. That's, that's all paying money. SEC paying money for them to be number one. And they're going to have a hard time because one of their players committed murder, not on the team. So. Uh, you don't have know. Hard Nobody knows. Yeah, so that, that's all BS. So we're going to come up with our own line. And then we'll close with this, right? These are the top three things I have. And this is not a cult, right? We disagree with each other all the time. And I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Guys who just have their own opinion and nobody's checking him. It's like a man who lives alone. He's lived alone for 30 years. And you go talk to him at the grocery store. He's not going to be as easy to talk to as a guy who has a family, who has a wife. Even if he has an ex-wife, he has a girlfriend, he's talking to somebody, checking his thinking day in, day out. He has a kid versus the guy who has no kids, who's living alone, or whether they call her cat lady. Right? Cat lady. <laughs> so tell me if you disagree with this, because you've been a coach, right? This yeah. is how you identify, and we'll get specific here, brought to specific, how do you identify a good coach? For me, I look at three things. Coming out of the timeout, does his, his, his team score or at least have a good possession? Yeah. As he yeah. commuted, because Calipari is a genius of that. He would have guys, your John Walls, whoever, um, Davis, who can go one on one and dunk on everybody. But yeah. he used to get them out of a timeout, and you would see them pass the ball around, run the offense, and get a good possession at least 90% of the time they score coming right. out timeout exactly one in-game adjustments does the coach just have a game plan and we're sticking to it no matter what those are the teams that get beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament yes yes they no just have one philosophy the other teams coming out they looked at film da, 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 da. they have a sharp team and bam they're beating him doing this one thing and the coach makes no adjustments right and they get beat right can you yep. coach get off the script right yeah. Does the coach know how to hire good assistants? Assistants. Have <laughs> good number two. If you see the head coach in the first half, especially for high end coach, some coaches the whole game. You'll notice Patino. Patino's the biggest control freak you ever see. But in the Absolutely. first half, you're going to see his assistant running the timeout in the first half. Yep. If you see the head coach with a clipboard, and running plays and doing stuff in the first half, you got a problem there, especially with your bigger programs. So, very, very quickly. So, high school is a little bit different than college right. NCAA basketball. Right. Like the, the way you know a coach has their team ready to go or not ready to go, how do they come into the gym? How do they go through warm-ups? Right. I was a big proponent of watching teams in warm-ups. Are they organized? Are they organized? Are they just do they just come out and take the ball off the rack and just start shooting half court shots? Right. Do they come do they come down? Do they come out of the locker room, grab the balls off the rack, go into three lines? Are they organized? Right. That's how I knew a good coach uh, from a bad coach. Oh yeah. Number yeah. number two, 
if you're coaching the team and your assistant's just sitting there, lean back in the chair, just watching the game, and you go to him and you say, hey, hey, Jim, what's going on? And the coach is like, oh, I don't know. Not a good, not a good coach because you're not hiring good people around you. Right. That's that's the most important thing. So TV, watching games on TV can be valuable for this. Right. Watch benches during the game. Are the kids getting up after their teammates do something? Right. Are the coaches into the game? Are the coaches working together? Are the you know are the head coaches letting their assistants do certain things during the games? And another thing I'll give you too, which coach? The, does the head coach send scouting right. the next opponent? Right. The next game, rather. Not the next one. The next oh, game right. in the NCAA tournament. If he sends his third assistant, he's not taking that, that next opponent very seriously. He's just saying, I'm just going to send him. You know, you go. Big opponent, man. And, and it's worth, especially for us, it's worth the 200 bucks to go to a first-round uh, NCAA tournament because you get four games. For yep. this two two hundred bucks, and you get to watch. You can even go up to Patino, whoever, shake their hand and ask Patino questions. He'll sit there for a half hour just answering. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, other culture, the assistant, whatever. You learn so much. It's it's absolutely funny. And then we'll close with this, right? Because then you gotta go. Yep. To your point, a really good team is: Are they going crazy? Because most teams go crazy after a big dunk, after a big three yep. point. But if you watch a team or a coach go crazy cheering after a kid takes a block or does a great defensive play, man, you get that. That's a very, very, very well-coached team. Great coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, why do, why does Bill Self get deep in the tournament? Usually there's always that one instance where he doesn't. But Jim Behan's another guy that's there all the time. Bobby Knight, when he was coaching, he was there all the time. Why? Because he prepares his kids to be better as the season goes on right. and going into the NSA tournament. And that's a key too. Don't ever pick a team, bet on a team that has struggled down the stretch here because that coach is not preparing the team well. We'll get into it. If you yeah, saw we'll off the starters play 40 minutes, absolutely one, and the other team played 10 guys, almost 100%. That's where yep. Bayhine comes in because Bayhine saves his kids playing zone all day. Yes. He plays yes. 10 guys. Yep. That's why he gets deep into tournaments. Big East tournaments. Yep. Giving away a pick right there. All right. Yep. Final thoughts, man. This is a great, great podcast. Great, Absolutely. Great podcast. So I'm going to bounce after my final thoughts. Um, you know, be aware of all these teams that have. I wrote five games over, over five, uh, 15 to 10 or whatever right now, right. because guess what? They have a shot to make it to the NCAA tournament. Be aware of these small schools. Chad will help with the small schools as, as we will as well. But be aware of all these teams. Like Oral Roberts is 23 and four right now. I've been very aware of them in the last two weeks. I've been watching they, them They made a me a lot of money, not this tournament, the tournament before. Yep. And we'll yep. get into the next podcast. Does the coach have a system for offensive yes. rebounding? Yeah. You see this little teams, they have a system, or maybe they have one guy. Or Roberts had this one white guy that I noticed in the conference tournament who had a knack for offensive rebound. And I bet him first round, bet him second round, and boom, he cashed for us. He cashed. So that's the whole thing now. Start preparing. It's February 13th. I know it's it's middle of February. 
just get ready because guess what? These teams could go on a nine-game winning streak, get in the conference tournament, get hot right. with the whole thing. And if you don't know a thing about them, you can't bet them because right. you don't know anything about them. So you got to know about – you probably have to – Number three rule of sports betting, never yeah. bet blindly. Yeah. Never. You, you probably have uh, to – ESPN is talking about this team, but if you haven't watched them play nope. Nope. and you haven't looked at all the rules and stuff we're telling you to watch for, and, and put it on mute. Don't listen to the propaganda. Have a, right, exactly. We'll have it on the episode notes. Have a list of what you look for. Do they score after a timeout? Do they have a system for offensive rebound? And it's easier for us because we were watching basketball. So, but if you have it, learn. It's not hard. There's a lot of games on that you can learn. The, the one tip I'll give everybody be, before I go is that go to the NSA page on ESPN for one reason. Standings. Look at the standings. Write the teams down that, that are, are have really good records right now. And then research them because you, you, you won't know who St. Mary's is out of the West Coast Conference unless unless you reach, research them. Then you'll know who they are. But St. Mary's is pretty good. So write, write them down, Gonzaga, all these teams. If you have 10 bucks, get ESPN Plus. And you can yep. see Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic yep. is 24-2 and two right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You but you got to know play. about it. Right. You have, you have to watch them, too. That's the other thing. It's a key thing. You have to. You don't have to watch the whole game. Watch at least a half of it. Get a semblance of what they do. Watch a little bit more than half. Watch how they come out in the second half and what they do. And, and then do, watch do them your analysis. Because I see yeah. the team is twenty-four and two, and they suck. They're like, oh wait a second, what, what's going on with the team? What That's happened right. to the Eagles last night? It, it, it was a hoax because they hadn't played anybody. Once they played a real team, they were done in the second half. The guy was and Jalen Hurts is hurt, and you never heard, and you didn't hear much about that. So you have to. Saw it on the last play when he couldn't throw the ball into the end zone on a hell mary. What if, what if a guy on um, St. Mary's sprains his ankle, and you right. haven't done any research, and he's the leading scorer? Well, right. you haven't done any research. You have you have no idea. You're going in and bet St. Mary's. And that's why. That's why statistics and analysis. He might be the leading scorer, but you know what? Oh, wait a second. He's the, the coach's nephew, and they're running set plays for him all year. Yep. It sucks. So, yep. actually, now they're going to be better that he's gone. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. exactly. You don't. Ways. So he could be a vital guy that you're going to get blown out because he's not there. Yeah. Well, you have to watch yourself. Absolutely. So, close, you don't have to give Action Sports any money. And as Winston Churchill said, <laughs> you make a living from your labor, but you make your life for what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. I'm the best there is.